Okay. There you go. I got the green light. Good. Now you can hear me. Good. Did you hear what I said last week? Because I'll be glad to repeat it. Okay. I just want to make good and sure. It is so good to be worshiping with you today. Wherever two or more, I got to tell you, we're all gathered here today to worship who? Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. I hope that's the reason everybody's here today. This is a great week. Let me tell you what's going to make this a great week. Because this is when the whole world, everybody around you, whether they're a believer or not, is listening to you because we're going to celebrate our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And I hope that you're going to tell them about the triumphal entry into your life. No amens here this morning? Huh? Yeah. Has he come into your life? Well, let me tell you what, he was triumphant because I don't know about you, but I was a bad sinner. He came into my life triumphantly, and I tell you, I'm still celebrating. I don't, and he is too, believe it or not. That's how much he loves us, right? What a great Easter season this is going to be because people are listening today all around us who are not believers. They want to know what is this Easter really all about. You know, I prefer to call it Resurrection Day myself, but... You know what? They're going to be asking you this week because this is when God came into people's lives. Jesus presented himself so that people could see who he is. He's the son of God. And he came here to save the people who are lost. He came here to save sinners just like you and me. And when we said yes to him, he said, come. We said yes. He came in. And you know, he never leaves us. Even though we continue, might continue in sin, a few of us. I don't know about everybody. I mean, you know, sometimes we do fall, don't we? But he's there because he's going he's gonna to take us home someday, isn't he? And we're going to be with him without all of this mess around us that keeps drawing us back in. Well, this week we're going to celebrate what the church calls the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And Luke describes that in Luke 19. And let me tell you, I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning that I hope you don't mind. Um, Because what we're going to do is I'm going to take everything we said this morning according to the way that that you had planned it out. And that is, you call it the road to Easter. I tried to conform to that because my whole life is conforming to that. And I want you to see that too. So what we did last week, you know, we talked about Peter. Remember that story about Peter on the water in his second storm? You know, it wasn't his last two, I'm sure. He had more storms, didn't he? I told someone this morning that our our training manager over here, if I had to name that sermon, I would call it Training Day. I know that's a popular movie, so don't get it confused. But but, it was Training Day, wasn't it? It was another Training Day. It was another lesson that Jesus was teaching his people as he was walking them towards Jerusalem. So last week we had that Training Day, and I want to take up where that story left off, and then let's follow them to Jerusalem, to the triumphal entry. And what I said is going to be a little bit different is that I'm going to read a lot of this this morning from God's Word. Some of you've already read, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm a, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about that one. But listen to this. I, I want to pick up in Luke 19, um, when he entered the capital city, and it said, as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. Hmm. That's strange. And as, it, as, it, uh, as he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest. And, and John wrote a little bit more about that. He said, So they took branches of palm, 
took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out loud, Hosanna. You might hear what Hosanna means. Lord, save us. He's come to save us. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and even the king of Israel. Hmm. You know, the Jews, they were giving him honor uh, to, their, to their victorious king. How do they know? How, how, how does that happen? I mean, he's their victorious king, and, and, and they're waving these palm branches. And just so you know, the palm branches was something that was peculiar or, or different with, with uh, the Jews. Because the, the palm tree had been, been used all way back in the Old Testament. I think it's when Jehu was declared king. They took the nearest thing to him and waved him in front of him. And they'd been doing that ever since. And palms actually became a symbol of Jewish nationalism. So here they are. The Savior, the King of the Jews, is coming to save them from what? Well, let's keep reading. Um, actually, they'd heard about this before. You see, they knew. They'd read the Bible. Actually, we were talking earlier about that, about this somebody. They, I don't think they'd really read the Bible. You know what they did? They memorized the Bible. And they taught it to their kids morning, noon, and night, like Deuteronomy 6 says to do it. So they had actually known what the Bible said from the prophet Zechariah 550 years before. They've been reading the Bible a long time, hadn't they? I hope you're not worn out. There's more to come. Here's what Zechariah said 550 years before he said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter um, of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about when the Messiah comes. The Messiah who's the last king, the one who's going to save everybody, be the great ruler of peace. Listen, let's, let's see what Zechariah says. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And here's what he says about the Messiah. I will cut off the, the, the chariot from Ephraim and the war horse from Jerusalem and the battle bow will be cut off and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. The last king. And he's going to bring peace eternal for everybody. Hmm. That's the king I want. How about you? Yeah. God's chosen people, the Jews, have been waiting a long time on this king. They've been reading their Bible. They've been trying to find, God, find God's rules and, and do everything that he told them. But for centuries, they've been waiting, waiting for their king to come. They heard all these rumors about this guy up north, Galilean. What good could come out of Galilee is what the Romans said, you know, or the Pharisees said. So up in Galilee was this guy who said, he's the son of God. And he'd actually proven it to him by doing miracles. You know, we saw last week, he, he was actually controlling the seas and the winds. And they said, who is this man? And then they get out on the boat without Jesus around, and they found out he never left them. He'd actually been talking to his father, so he was interceding for him. Here was a man who actually, he was in control of the winds and the waves and the water, everything around him. And then he does this, un- this unbelievable thing. He actually heals people. Right there in front of their eyes. This must be the Son of God. They'd heard all these rumors. You know, you and I, read, we hear, read it and hear about rumors. But i got to tell you, I bet there are people sitting right here today that have had Jesus come into their lives and healed them from things that you thought could never be healed. Amen? Amen. There is. And you know what? It may not be physical. If you come to Jesus, he heals your soul forever and ever and he never leaves you. 
because you get to go live with him in peace, just like he said. Oh, this was a triumphal entry, wasn't it? Let's keep on reading. I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Stop me when I do that. The Messiah had indeed come to God's people. But it was not the way that they reasoned it. You say they were just like you and me. They read God's word and they say, oh, okay, I can, I'm going to, you know, I'm old Whittler. Anybody here Whittler? You know, I'm going to whittle it down and make that square pig fit in that round hole. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to reason it. Yeah, this is the word, but you know, it doesn't quite fit my way. They'd done the same thing. They'd read and heard God's word, but they didn't reason it the way. Here's a man who's going to take us away from all of our, these horrible Romans. Been, oh, these guys were terrible. The Romans were actually had brought to what they called their own peace. You've heard this probably. They called it the, the, the Pax Romana. That's Latin for the Roman peace. But let me tell you how the Roman peace worked. They put a sword to your throat and said, shut up or I'm going to cut your head off. So be quiet. That's the way they brought peace. They, weren't, they, were, sided, they were tired of this one. They didn't want any more of that Pax Romana. And they said, here's the man that God promised who's going to bring us the peace for the whole world. He's going to come right here in the capital of the Jews. The people that God set aside to take the word of God to the rest of the world. They've been hiding it, but that's okay. We'll get to that one later. They came. And he said, he's coming. And just exactly like he said he would. This guy's riding on a, on a, on a colt, on a donkey. And he's coming in. So, remember we saw last week? How Jesus had begun his ministry here on this earth, and, and he'd, he'd taken his chosen people. He, he was one of the chosen. He's from the Jew, Jews, right? And, and they, they lived, and they walked with Jesus, and, and were learning how great their teacher was. Well, they heard these great lessons. And, you know, we, had, we saw one lesson earlier, and we saw another lesson last week. And he was calling them. They couldn't stay away from him. It, it, when they heard him speak, they just... Fell into his arms. You know, you go back and you read back in John, help me here. I think it's back in, in John 3, somewhere along in there. You know, and they, they left their homes when they heard Jesus speak. They said, where are you teaching? We want to go with you. He said, I don't have any place to sleep. He said, well, we're going anyway. They left their homes. They left their jobs. They left everything just to follow Jesus because he spoke to them and they were hearing the truth. They were obeying him and they were paying attention to his lessons. There were lessons about life that were eternal, weren't they? And they were learning from him. And, you know, and they were asking after the, the first lesson, what kind of man is this? And after the second lesson, whoa, you know, I'm, I'm starting to learn here. They're starting to get it. Peter was starting to get it last week when he saw him step out in the boat on that water, right? But look what happened when he took his eyes off Peter, off Jesus. He originally placed his faith and deposited his faith in that boat. He was a waterman. It's okay. But when Jesus, he placed, he could actually walk on the water until he took his eyes off Jesus. What did Jesus do? Put him back in the boat. There's more to learn here, buddy. That was just one lesson. So these guys are learning. Every time Jesus teaches them, right? He's teaching them more and more. Well, listen to this. Luke reports this. He said, and this is in uh, Luke uh, in verse 18. I'm sorry, my eyes are not as good as they were before. Okay. Oh, that's better. Okay. And, 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 so Luke reports this. He says, then Luke reports that one day it happened that he, he was praying. This is Jesus praying. Happened, he was praying alone, and the disciples were with him. And he asked them, I thought, how many times do we do that? We're praying. You know, we got all these folks around us. Are we really praying together? I'm sorry. It's another. He says, it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. 
And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, well, John the Baptist, but others say Elijah, and others uh, that one of the prophets of old is risen. And then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Oh, and Peter, always the one with the first answer, right? He said, the Christ of God. Peter's learned his lessons, hadn't he? Now he knows. Now he knows. This is, this is the Son of God. You know, if you go back and you read John's letter, his first epistle, it says all the way through there, here's how you know if people are believers and not around you, if they confess that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay, Peter got it. He hadn't even read First John. <laughs> and, 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 he's, and so uh, the followers, they have to understand, Jesus says, that if you're going to follow me as you have been, there's a cost involved. And here's what he says in verse 21. And he strictly charged and commanded them to, t- to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all of them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see this kingdom of God. When he enters triumphantly into your life, you get a glimpse of the kingdom of God, folks. Let's keep reading. The uh, disciples, I think, didn't really understand everything Jesus said then. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that they didn't. Uh, a few days later, though, they saw something incredible happen to Jesus. He went up to pray alone again, I suppose, but he took three of the guys with him to stand there with him, and they saw his whole being transfigured. It's what he called the transfiguration. It just completely changed. And Peter, always the one who's quick to respond, right? Peter said, whoa, that's, that's Moses and Elijah. And he says to Jesus, he says, you know what? Let me make a, a, a worship place so all three of you can worship right here together. And then Peter, something happened to Peter. I think really confirmed what he had already was realizing. He heard a voice. It was the voice of God speaking to him. Look what Scripture says. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. And then down in verse 43, it says, And all were astonished at the majesty of God. But while they were all marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. But they didn't understand his saying, and it was concealed from them that, that they might not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about this thing. You know what? They didn't understand much of that at all, did they? You and I have an advantage. We're on this side of the cross. 
We've already seen the end of the show, right? We've already seen the, seen the end of the movie. So we know what, what happens. And praise God for what happens. But they didn't really get all of that. You know what they're thinking? <laughs> Try to put yourself in their, in their shoes. Here you find a man that's going to free the whole world. And he's training you. And you're walking with him. And he's thinking, oh, man, you know what? This guy, they start arguing with themselves. Who's the greatest? I wonder who he's going to make... Uh, um, Secretary of the Army. I wonder who he's going to make, you know, the, the, the Secretary of State. I wonder, I wonder who's going to do all that. They're thinking about who among them, how they're going to fit into this great ruling kingdom. They're thinking about their power, aren't they? Thinking about themselves. Hmm. Oh, man. But then Jesus, when he heard all that arguing and he heard the confession and he knew that God had spoken with his voice, that he knows they're getting it now. Luke 9.51 is the turning point in the whole Bible. As a matter of fact, if you ever buy any commentaries on Luke, you know, you get the big ones, the big thick volumes, so you know more about Luke. No, you, you get those. The, there's two volumes. The second volume always starts at Luke 9.51. Here's why. Listen to what it says. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to Jerusalem. Hmm. Jesus knew what he had to do. He knew they didn't understand. But he set his face toward Jerusalem. And you know what the disciples are still thinking? Oh, yeah. Now we're going to go into the capital city and take over. Hmm. Because they're still arguing over who's the greatest. Hmm. So Jesus starts the march towards Jerusalem. The march towards Easter. And as he's going down the road, I don't know if you've ever seen that map. He was up in Galilee, which is up north, and then the road goes down to Samaria on one side, and, and uh, well, Galilee and everything to the east of there was really unchristian. But anyway, he's coming down that long road, and he's coming down towards Jerusalem down in Judea. And he says this, and uh, this is, now I'm in, uh, I'm still in 9, I think, five, verse 57. He says, as they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. You still going? Are you going to go with him? I am. Are you? Because I know what happens, right? They didn't. And to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as far as you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Hmm. So they're on their way to Jerusalem and the followers are coming along with them, right? Some are gathering, some are coming with them. So Jesus has several of them with him, and he sends whatever version you have, 72 or 70. Um, he sends them out in pairs. And he says, go out and tell them all about this salvation that's coming. And he was preaching the salvation of repentance, the rest of it to come. It's a grace thing. But that's coming. He said, go out and tell them all about me. Tell them the story. 
They did it in pairs. And you know what he says? I'm going to give you the authority to heal people. So they'll know it's really God speaking. It's really God that's giving you this witness. So they do, and they come back, and boy, they are ready to go take Jerusalem, aren't they? They found the power of God in their lives. Have you? Let me tell you what. There is no problem that you have right now. There's nothing going on in your life personally. I'm talking to everybody personally that Jesus Christ isn't in control of. We found that last week, didn't we? And that's very true. But you know what? They had to be sent out by him. And look what happened. They came back to him, didn't they? Because he's the one that's leading them. So now they're equipped to see what's going to happen, even though they may not understand it. They're equipped now because they have the power of God that's been given to them through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Okay. So they get closer and closer to Jerusalem. And i got to tell you, there's getting to be more people. It's getting exciting. We're going to go have a battle. You know, this is better than a Ravens game, man. We're going to get out there and we're going to win. We're going to stomp them, right? In the name of God. Oh, boy. So when they entered the city, look at the, the crowds. They're all hyped up, man. They're, they're, they're ready for this one. And, and the crowds were shouting and they're waving palm branches. And, and, and they're taking their cloaks off and, and casting them at his feet in his honor and, and the road. And he's riding on a donkey just exactly like Zachariah said. I mean, whoa, it didn't get any better than this. Is that exciting? Man, it's all coming together here. Wow. And, and even the, the, the high officers of the institutionalized church said, man, and some, some of the Pharisees said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. You know, this, this is not a godly thing. It's not the way that we told you it is. So rebuke them. And he says, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. You know why? Because God made those stones. God created all there is. And this is his triumphal entry, Right? Uh, But why did he come? Hmm. You and I know that one, but let's save that one. So so now they're in Jerusalem. And and, and the Messiah who will conquer the whole world, they're walking right there beside him. And, and, uh, you know, they got to be thinking, I wonder how he's going to do this one. You know, you think he's going to call down fire from heaven like Elijah did and and, and he's going to nuke them all? Or, or you think he's gonna gonna? Oh, I bet I know. I bet he's gonna have us to walk around the praetorium, the Roman praetorium, and the walls will come down, and then we're gonna jump in and take them. Right? You think he's gonna do it the way he did it before? Hmm. You gotta be wondering. You know, what's he what's he gonna show us this time? What a great day this is gonna be! And they were right. Jesus did come to conquer, didn't he? And he did. You know what? He did exactly what he said he was going to do, but eh, I'm getting ahead of myself again. So they saw him come, and they knew that that from reading other parts of the Old Testament or hearing it, they knew that that Jesus was going to be, this Messiah was going to be a preacher, a prophet, and a protector. I use P's in front of those because that makes a really good sermon outline. He was going to be preacher, prophet, and protector. Um, So they saw him preach in the temple. Got to be the son of God, right? And they and he, and he went in and he and he took the where, where all the, the the financial marketers and and the, and the salespeople were. I'm sorry, the salespeople were had set up all all these booths. You know, I, yeah, I, I love him. We were, we were picking on each other. You were the salespeople were and, and, and the marketing people. They were selling stuff for God's house, right? So what did Jesus do? He came in and he, he throws over all the tables. 
and upsets all of it. You know why? He said, my father's house is a house of worship and prayer. This is where we're supposed to communicate with him, not sell stuff. Not do all that. Now, that's not a stake in today's theology. Please don't misunderstand that. He's protecting them from wrong kind of worship and the wrong kind of leadership, isn't he? So he is a protector. And he's a preacher. Mm-hmm. He's also a prophet. Because when they came to him and they said, you know, you're tearing down God's house the way we built it, but you're tearing down God's house. And he said, you know what? Tear down this temple, and in three days I'll build it back. He was a prophet too, wasn't he? He did everything that they thought he was going to do, but he, they didn't see it their way. Mm. And they didn't remember everything that he'd been teaching them either in the, in the right context, because... Jesus had told him at the very beginning of his, of his ministry that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hmm. Jesus had told him everything, didn't he? But his work is not finished. Jesus knows that. He knows he's not finished. You see, Jesus came to die. Not the way a, a ruler would start out with these people, is it? He came to die. And you know what? If he hadn't died, think about this. If Jesus hadn't died, if Jesus had taken his throne like they thought he would, you and I wouldn't be saved today, would we? It's only because he died and we give our sins to him. We let him in to take away our sins that we're saved. Uh, all the way, he'd said to them, you have to take up your cross daily. The cross to everybody then was an instrument of death. It wasn't a piece of jewelry you wear around your neck. It was, a, it was an instrument of death. They knew it. This most cruel, we're getting ahead of ourselves again. Maybe, maybe the most cruel way ever invented for someone to die was the cross. And he said, you have to do that daily to, for yourselves. You have to die to yourself every day. And follow Jesus. Hmm. They've been following. You know, that sounds strange, I think, to someone who doesn't know what it is to be a Christian. That don't know Lord Jesus as he's come to live in our life. And he has brought that peace that they were looking for. Hadn't he? Even when we're in the middle of a storm, you know what? We can face that storm. We may be frustrated by all that's going around us. But I know at the end of the day, Jesus wins. Jesus has already brought all the peace that we ever need, hadn't he? Um, he died for all of us. And you know what? There is a triumphal entry that, that came back then, isn't there? Now, I don't, I don't want to take this any farther than the triumphal entry this morning because Pastor Ed is going to be here on Friday. I hope you're going to be here on Good Friday because we're going to see Jesus die for you and me. And we're going to leave him on that cross. Don't you miss next Sunday morning. <laughs> because let me tell you what. He rises. I'm going to give you that one ahead of time too. <laughs> but don't you dare miss Sunday morning if you come Friday night. And I hope you're here Friday night. Because you're going to see the cost that Jesus paid for you and me. At least a little bit of it. But I want, I want to end with this this morning. The triumphal entry that they, they saw that Zechariah had predicted, they're still going to happen for you and me. Um, Jesus says he's coming back. And for all those who believe, I want to read to you what it says in First Thessalonians. 
for the Lord himself, because you know why the Lord himself is going to do it? Because he's alive. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. I'm looking forward to that day. But let me tell you, I'm looking forward too, because let me tell you what, Palm Sunday for all of us is still coming. Can I read that part to you? If you go over to Revelation in uh, uh, verse in chapter 7 and start about verse 9, somewhere along in there, let me just read it to you so we all get in the right place. Um, I'm going to give you just a glimpse of what Palm Sunday is going to be like for you and me the day that we get to celebrate it together for real, forever. This is John speaking. He says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne. We're going to do that someday, folks. We're going to have palm branches in our hands before the holy God and His Son, Jesus Christ. We're going to wave our palms because you know what? He has had a triumphal entry into our lives, and we're going to celebrate with Him. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So I want to ask you this morning. I'm going to quit there. Are you walking with Jesus? Are you following Him? Are you taking up your cross daily? Uh, it's costly while we're here, isn't it? Um, it's okay. He's already paid the price for that last grand celebration. And we're not, we're not going to have all this around us to, to drag us down and worry about things of this world because that's all going away. But you and I get to celebrate Jesus Christ. Now let me say something. If there's someone here this morning that has never said, Jesus, I want to be a part of that. I want to walk with you. There is a cost, yes, but let me tell you what. Oh, Jesus coming in and living with you, the triumph is, uh, is the greatest thing that will ever happen because it begins now. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, oh, do it today. If you don't know how to do that or you don't know what that means, I'm going to ask if there's, a, if there's a, an elder that can come up here this morning. We'll be glad to talk with you and tell you exactly how all that works. And all we'll tell you is exactly what Jesus says in his word. He says, come to me. Oh, if you're thirsty, if you've got problems, you've got burdens, come to Jesus. Come to him. And you know what? If you're, you're a believer, maybe you, you, you maybe turn your head away or not walking with him the way you should, that's okay. Tell him about it. Turn away from that life that you're leading now and turn to him. He never left. He's right there to take you in and give you all that comfort and peace that he promises and eternal life in him and his joy. Whatever is laid on your heart this morning, I'm going to ask you, would you come and pray? And if you can stay right there in your chair, that's fine. But if you want to come and, and confess that to everybody else here, that's fine too. We're all brothers and sisters in the church of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah, okay. Do that this morning, will you? Let's go to him in prayer. And when I say prayer right now, it's not a prayer of just petition. It's a prayer of talking with God. You know, every time Jesus went to talk with, we see in the Bible, with his father, like we saw last week and we saw this morning, transfiguration. 
It's a conversation. If you know God is in your heart through Jesus Christ, then that conversation is something that you should have all the time, but you can have it right now. It's not just one way. So let's go to him in prayer. And I'm going to ask him to bless anyone here who has concerns in their heart or anything in their relationship with him is broken. Talk to him about that right now, will you? Will you do that? And let's pray together. And if there's anything you need to share with the rest of the congregation, feel free to do that or with the Lord himself. Please come. Oh, Lord. Lord Jesus, we come to you. Knowing, Lord, that you're here, you're always present with us. you right now Lord speak to us Lord here today are people who hurt their hearts are hurting their lives may be hurting they may be in physical pain whatever Lord you know we don't even have to announce it to you you know so Lord in all of your knowledge and all your care and all of your love would you bring us your healing your comfort Lord, we know that you are the God of peace. You're the God of salvation. Lord, we listen to you even now.